Wen and I want to express our gratitude for every one of our listeners. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing this space with us each week. We are now offering an opportunity to work with Wen or myself individually in a deeper look towards what's true about life and who you really are. If you'd like to know more, email me or Wen for more details. In a three-day dive under the noise, anything is possible. Let's find out. Now on to the podcast. Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's episode of Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my fabulous co-host, Kate Roberts. Who are you, Kate? Especially now I've said the word fabulous with the correct number of syllables. I love it, Wynne. I love it. Everybody's going to expect it now that it's been on two episodes. Well, I don't want to be too repetitive, so I'm going to use a different, (laughs) wonderful, descriptive word for you next time. But I just wanted to show the world that I can now say the word fabulous properly. Try this one. When I feel and am completely fabulous, and I feel fabulously, can you say that one? Fabulously. That was beautiful. It was so perfect. Thank you. There was a word on one recent episode that I could not say, and I still haven't. And for about an hour afterwards, I was trying to, and then I gave up. It was the unfathomable one that I still haven't figured out. (laughs) That's all right, Wynn. Anyway, there we go. So this week, we have a dear friend, a friend of mine, Nikon, with us, who's a very special guest, and the one thing I'm going to say about Nikon, I've known Nikon now for, it'll be four years in January. So that was before all the COVID stuff happened and before there were lockdowns and restrictions and all of our um, travels and so forth. And everything that happened because of the, the illness. But but I was able to have a holiday back at the end of um, August and into the first two weeks of September. And I was able to meet up in person with Nikon for the first time in like two and a half years in Bangkok. And he was able to show me the Bangkok that tourists wouldn't normally get and the really cool stuff. And you have to pay me an awful lot of money or Nikon an awful lot of money to say more than that, I guess. Um, but it was very much above board, very civilized, and just a lot of fun. So, Nikon, we're honored um, to have you with us this week. One question we like to ask, Kate and I like to ask our guests, if you've not, um, if you don't remember hearing an episode where we do this, is we'd love you to introduce yourself in a way that may be slightly different. So as opposed to, hey, my name is, and this is what I'm up to. What's the one thing that you would love everyone listening to know about you right now? That's a good question. And this podcast don't hold back. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, first of all, you know, thank you to Kate and Wynn for and you Wynn for inviting me on this podcast. I'm so grateful to be here. And yes, we did have a great trip in Bangkok. I think we were going to call it like the hangover four or five, but it turned out to be a really great evening <laughs> in our own way. So I'm going to think about that question. So what's one thing I would love people to know about me? Mm. I'd love people to know about me that I, I really, really genuinely care for for them knowing just how well they're made beyond anything else. Like I really, really genuinely hope that in this life, they, they get a glimpse of that, of, of just how well they're made and who they really are, because I think that'll make the biggest difference out of anything. What do you remember the first time about you seeing that about yourself? Sure. Uh, you know, for me, it was, it felt like lots of little pieces or, or glimpses of it. When I look back at all, like those, those little, it was like little cracks in the ceiling where like light would come through. And over time, there were more cracks and more light would come through until I could see through it like a little bit. And, you know, we met on Supercoach Academy with Michael Neal and there was like little, little bits of cracks there of like, wait, like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, like, like you're telling me I'm okay. Like this is new, you know, or there were glimpses of, of not giving a shit about what was on my mind or my thinking and, and recognizing something that was already there when I stopped doing that, something like more and more solid, you know, the, when I share this, it feels like a blind person slowly feeling if you imagine a blind person kind of feeling their their hand along the wall and finding the light switch, but maybe finding it, but not really finding it and having to do that for a lot. And that's what it that it was that's what it was like for me to to really recognize how well we're made. And through Supercoach Academy, meeting great mentor coaches like yourself and teachers like Mavis Karn, Dr. Bill Pettit, the Pranskis, and and everybody like almost having a clue like just following the cookie crumbs, so to speak. I was almost jealous of everybody who had like this defining moment. I'm like, man, like, like, why can't I have that? And I didn't realize that we all have our own path to that, right? And I do really well with cookie crumbs. It helped me to process and integrate each part of that. I would say, I think very recently, I see that more clearly. And, and what I remember about it is waking up one day and thinking, this this ain't a bad gig, this whole life thing. Like this, this is actually a pretty good deal. Whereas before I had always thought like life was something you had to suffer through and it was really painful and lonely and depressive and and like like maybe like 10% good, but 90% shit. If I could I mean, and that day when I woke up not too long ago, I was like, you know what? Maybe 60% good and 40% shit. And I'll take that. <laughs> Like, I'll take that. <laughs> and then and then something really cool started to happen is I really like I talk about it, but I think this was really the first time I could kind of feel the tapestry that that we're all kind of on, like this magic carpet ride we're on, and kind of get a, a more a feeling of it. 
like like oh well like i might be on this thing and 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 things might be unfolding and so as a consequence of that is before i was trying to make myself let go of control and we had conversations about this at a shisha bar about like because make letting go of control and surrender sounds like a good idea i should do that to to finally seeing that letting go or no to holding on doesn't make much sense anymore it it was that distinction between i think this is a good idea to holding on makes so much less sense why would i do that and it feels like i'm enjoying a really cool slow vibe of life <laughs> and it's really cool and it's not like it's not like i'm trying to make it slow down i'm trying to force it to be slow it just it's like I found the rhythm within myself that I didn't that I I kind of felt was always there, and I was trying to get there the long way, and and just really recognizing the slow vibe within me that has always been there. Mm. That's just struck me, Nick, on the way that you just said that the slow vibe within me that was always there. I mean, that just sounds. Well, it just rings true, probably. That's why I think I just, I really felt that when you said it. Me too. I'm happy we're, we're recording this because it's coming from somewhere. <laughs> I think for the first time in my life, it, it looks like less of a thing to manipulate. I think before I would have jumped on it like, okay, slow vibe of life, slow vibe of life, everything. <laughs> That's what we've got to do all the time. And... And that was my MO, you know, I would take it and then like, okay, apply it to everything because this is a great idea. And I really have Mavis Karn to thank for this, uh, my, my mentor and teacher. And she said, you know, Nikon, you have a habit of really wanting to explain things now. Like just, just hold on to it and keep it to yourself for a while. And that really helped me to, to see this more clearly, to, to better recognize it, that there was something more to what I was seeing. I have a question. Before we started recording, you were talking about an event that you had done. Mm -hmm. right? And you're like, oh, I went on econ on it and I started doing the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was those were the words I think that you yeah, used. yeah. That sounds pretty fast. Like all the things that you're doing and stuff like that. So how does that feel different than knee conning it before seeing all of this? You know, like when it felt different. Sure. sure. For context, for people listening, I feel like I should give context, is I did an event with a teacher and mentor, Mavis Karn, and she suggested that we host an event because she teaches deep listening. And her words were like, I want if you I wonder if we could get five to ten people to come and learn how to deep listen. And I thought that was a great idea. And fast forward, literally three weeks later, we had 170 people show up from all five continents, from North America, Europe, Africa, the Middle East, Asia. And when I went Nikon on it, it was, it, I think it was my MO of like going really fast. Like, okay, we gotta do this, 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 my checklist, bam. like. Um, Google doc, uh, Google form done, posters done, copywriting done, chat GPT. And now I would say the difference is 
being so much more cleaner on that. And what I, what I mean by that is doing it simply because it makes sense, not because I'm trying to make it mean something about me or I'm trying to impress a teacher or a mentor. I'm just doing it because I genuinely from the heart want to do it. I had a big realization. I think it was talking to Wynn at the Shisha bar. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now, Wynn. <laughs> I said, I, <laughs> so I also have a Taekwondo business. Fun fact. I've been doing it for 10 years. I have, we have me and my team, we have 12 branches. We teach 400 kids a week. We have 15 staff in three different cities. Um, over the past 10 years, we've probably taught four to 5,000 kids aged three, four to 10, 12. Yeah. And the insight I had talking to Win was that business has very little to do with me. It's not about me. I don't talk about it. I don't advertise it. It like there's only, I think, one like on, on the about page of the team. That's the only thing that has my face on it. And I saw that that business grew so effortlessly because it had nothing to do with me at all. I joke with my friends, like it's the business I didn't intend because I didn't really put any real effort into it. We just did what made sense. We did we did what made sense for 10 years. We showed up and we taught kids the best we could for 10 years. Whereas my coaching business, that that felt like such a real struggle because it was all about me and my face and my ego and how good I looked and trying to prove myself and impress people. And I was sitting there with the shisha bar with Win, and I was like, damn you know seeing that real fresh for the first time i was like wow and then my, my initial knee-jerk reaction is like okay well how do i make the coaching business not about me how do i replicate you know and then but then the best part is i can see that now like i can really see myself doing that before i was completely blind to it and i couldn't see it and so what was really amazing to me was just to see it and notice it and just sit with it and just really sit with it and see where life wants to go instead. I would say that's the biggest shift is simply noticing my own habitual thinking and ways of being in the world that I had no idea I was doing before ever. You know, before it just looked, that's a good point, actually, to myself. Like before, it just looked like it made sense in my head. Well, if that worked there, then it should work here. We'll just copy paste, apply. And now I'm seeing that there's just so much more depth to life, that there's so much more. Going back to what I said in the very beginning of the tapestry of life, you know, I think it was, I don't know if I said this to you when at the Shisha bar is I realized if the coaching business had taken off when I wanted it to, there were there would probably be hundreds and hundreds and thousands of kids that I didn't get to teach Taekwondo to because I was so busy there. And looking back, you know, the the I'm so grateful I had the time and space to like I still teach Taekwondo to kids. Like I still show up to classes and teach with my team. Like I enjoy it so much more now because there's so much more purpose in it for me, recognizing that I've been given this time and space to show up for these five-year-olds. And, and like, how cool is that? Like how effing cool is that, that, that I get to do that on this planet? And I, I remember one class, actually I do, I started, I don't know why I started doing it. 
But every at the beginning of every class, I always asked him, like, what did you have for lunch? What did you eat today? And the most innocuous question. But that's their favorite part of class, where I sit and I listen to them tell me they ate a banana or a cookie or like porridge or something. And I I, I knew I knew it was on to something because one day we were in a rush, in a rush, and I didn't do that. I said, teacher, like, stop. And I was like, what? Like, we didn't talk about what I ate yet. We need to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, like we do. So we all sat down, like, what'd you have for lunch? And so there's something in being able, being able to do that and having a time and space to do that. There was something about the shisha bar that was noticeable for me. And this is about the shisha bar when we arrived there. Okay, no, this will be relevant um for you listening okay <laughs> we arrived at this shisha about about 1 a.m and nikon and i had met at about know, 6 30 or 7 and we had an amazing dinner cocktail bar jazz club yeah yeah another place shisha bar about one the bit that i was well i don't know taken aback by i think might be the phrase for this shisha bab you would never have known it was there even at the door you would not have known what it was. And the door opened and it was just this huge, bustling, thriving business that on a Friday night was open at you know one o'clock and I don't know what time it closed, but we were there for about an hour and a half, two hours, I think. And everyone was just so happy there, staff included. And it was the darndest thing is that, how on earth does anyone know it exists? So, you know, the, cl the classic thing that I remember learning about business, well, you know, how to get footfall, you need to be visible, you know, get the marketing out there, be, make it easy for people to find you and everything and be known for something superb. I have no idea what theirs is because it, it, there's no way I could have known it existed, yet alone found it. And yet there was something underneath all of that that was able to have a very thriving business, a very thriving business. And I don't know, but the way that you describe your own, the own business of, of teaching children martial arts, to me, it had that same organic feel when you explained it to me in the way that you explained it just now and to me earlier on that evening. But it's not in the form it's before the form, it's the heart that any of us, any of us can bring to anything. That's the differentiator. That's what makes, in my opinion, gives the best chance for something to thrive. And thriving isn't always material success. Thriving is the feeling of the, of creation and flow in my humble opinion. What I saw fresh in what you said, Win, was I think most of my life I've been trying to manufacture that. And I just realized it's not something you manufacture. It's something you, you get out the way and you let come when it comes. The, the image that comes to mind is fertile ground. You know, you prepare the soil, you plant the seeds and and you wait and stuff happens and stuff grows because it naturally grows. I think before I was 
are we there yet? You know, I'm digging up the seeds, looking at them, putting them back in the ground, digging up the seeds. Like, well, like according to this handbook and these five steps to business success, that should be, this should be this tall now, you know, <laughs> not realizing that that's not how it really works. What also, what looks, what also looks new to me is seeing how, is really seeing fresh and I'm still chewing on it. The, the, the formless nature of it all uh, there there's an aliveness to it that has nothing to do with you or me or anybody like this formless it just wants to express itself through ideas and inclinations and we'll see let's have a great time now <laughs> i think that's a cool side effect of of seeing, of really seeing this is you, you get to have a great time. I was in taking um, a note from what you said when is I really, really enjoyed the Taekwondo business and teaching kids and showing up. And like, I don't think there was, I don't think in 10 years, there was one day where I didn't want to go to work. Like I just really looked forward to seeing the kids Whereas in coaching or other things, like there were days I'm like, oh man, like this is so hard. I don't want to go to work. <laughs> like I really, that's nothing I'd love to give to people is to to be able to enjoy, really, really enjoy their work. And not not like a mindfulness, like be happy at work. It's like in genuinely enjoy the process of building it or creating it or or getting out the way and, and enjoying the thrivingness of it. I forgot who said it, might have been my aunt. I think he said, you know, you're never going to be here again, ever. Like you're never, ever going to be here in this moment again. And it would, our, like our mutual friend, teacher, mentor, Michael said, it would, it, would, it would really suck to have a great life and not know it or to miss it. Like, I think that was my MO for a long time. So now I'm finally enjoying it. Your story about, you know, how you were creating that business and loved being with the kids and teaching them and loved going to work. It made me think of something that has been kind of fresh for me lately. You know, we're so busy with these kind of ideas of what we think we know. And up in the noise, even when we don't really think that we are, right? Because if we weren't at all, we would realize how known we are. Like life knew that that was fulfilling for you. And that without any resistance, it's being built and it's, it's growing. And you're showing up in this space. I oftentimes don't realize that maybe the deeper things that I'm calling in ease or satisfaction are so much bigger than what's happening right in my intellect, in my mind. They're being given to me in the moment and I'm missing them completely. Life is like, oh, I know you. I know what you're actually 
calling in. I know what's enjoyable and satisfying for you. And here it is. And we're like, and we're like, our eyes are over here in this other direction. And I find that when I drop out of that noise, I'm like, oh, I actually am known more than I know myself. Like something knows me beyond what I even know about myself. And yet I think I know. And so either I'm not paying attention that it's being handed to me in various ways, because maybe I think it's, it needs to look this other way, <laughs> right? It's, it's supposed to look like a thriving coaching business within six months, right? And we're missing like the reality, which is, you know, like our previous guest, Marina said, reality is always better. But I think we miss how known we are and how life is showing up in the ways that we need it. And we're so far in the noise, sometimes we just can't even experience that, appreciate it. You know, we talk about being in the unknown all the time, but life knows. <laughs> we just have to stop knowing, I think. Something I don't know knows me better than I know me. I mean, that's a lot I mean, of knows in one yeah. sentence, right? But right. that's that's the phenomenal notion that when you said it and I inquired into that, and my own mind came, it felt really true. Mm -hmm. Me too. Graspable, but on yeah, but true. Yeah. Sorry, Nico. No, no. I'm, I'm I'm vibing with this. I'm getting t-shirts made. That was some cool. That was some. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> the juice. <laughs> but and and you think about it. Um, one of the things I I tell my clients is because I think for before I used to. I spent a lot of my life feeling very very lonely, because I felt like nobody really knew me. So I really resonate with what you with, with you said, Kate. And what I what I've been telling people or clients or friends when they come to me with loneliness, I say like that is such a gift because everybody's lonely. Now you now you can connect with everybody on the planet. But knowing that you're known, there's something so comforting and intimate about that. That knowing that you are known. Because that's what we all want. We want to be known, right? We're like, do you see me? Do you hear me? Do you understand me? And to know that that's all taken care of, like, I don't need to fight for that. I don't need to prove that. I don't need to defend that. I'm good. Now I can really go out and do some cool shit because all that stuff is taken care of. You know, because, and uh, now it's coming, right? It's it's what those little kids in my class, they they all innately know. And they're just there to have fun. They're kick stuff and yell and scream and play with their friends. Like they don't care if you know. Like they they know they know that they're known. And as they grow up, we, we forget we forget that, and we're like, do the people see me? Do they hear me? And we suffer because we don't know that we're known, mm -hmm. right? And how much unconscious energy goes into trying to be seen and heard and understood, and we defend and hold on so tightly and to. I wish everybody could listen to what you said, Kate, because then that frees up so much energy. That's another thing I noticed too, Wind, is 
I have so much more energy and bandwidth because there was a lot of bandwidth that was secretly being siphoned away to 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 try and be or do something or be heard or be seen. But now that that I know that's taken care of, it's like, oh, you have there's so much more space. Mm. You know, Kate, I think I can share this. One of the first experiences I've had of of what you're speaking about, of being known, is a mentor asked me one time, I was talking about it with one of my mentors, and she said, you know, any kind of, sometimes if you really don't know, you can, you can give it up to the universe and just tell the universe, like, you know what, I like, I got nothing, like you, you handle this. I said, well, okay. And then she told me about, you know, you can just write a question in your book and put pen to paper and see what happens. And the first time I heard that, I was like, okay, like I like I think I've heard this before, but you know, I'll give it a shot. And I did. I wrote a question of something about relationships or business or my work. And I started writing without thinking. Like, like I wasn't trying to write anything, but my hand was just writing. And what shook me the most or shocked me was when I read what I'd written, the answer to my question is I don't, I don't speak like that. I don't think like that. I don't even, I don't even process things like that, but what came out felt so true in my bone. Like it felt true in my bones and I don't know how, but whatever, whatever came out, I was like, yeah, that's true. And I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know, I didn't know we have access to that kind of knowing. And it was so, I think with this mentor, you, you often say, it can't be that simple. It cannot be that simple. I spent years trying to learn like all this other different tools and content. It can't be that simple. And the truth is, and like what you, Kate, and, and Wynn said today, it, it really is that simple. Like you're you're known period your business thrives because of formless energy period it's that simple i wish it was more complicated so i could feel better about myself but it's not <laughs> <laughs> it struck my own ego like <laughs> but it's not and i know it now i know better now it's not it's not more complicated than that like you're known Formless energy is a thing. I came onto this podcast to hear to to hear what you said, Kate, and to hear it Wednesday. That's why that's why I'm here. <laughs> this has been lovely. And before we wrap up, is there anything else that that comes to mind that you'd love to share? Um, give me a moment. Yeah. What occurs to me is when the first question you asked me when I when we started this podcast, like what what do I want people to know about me? And I said, you know, I want people to know that's how well they're made. And now I want people to know that they're known. Period. Megan, mm -hmm. hey, thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Wen. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts here with Wynn Morgan and Nikon. Thank you again.
If you have any questions, comments, um, ideas for topics for the show, please reach out. Our details follow the podcast. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.